the Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 516, Mr. Summage. Oh, man. I guess uh, Gulfstream Park Turf Course. Huzzah! Oh, boy. We're back at Gulfstream Park. Back on the turf there. Uh, gearing up for the championship meet. I don't think it's officially started yet. I, I don't know exactly when, but I know it's, it's very, very soon. Started. It started last week. Friday was okay. opening nice. We got, we got the first look at the Gulfstream Turf Course last week. And I got to say, uh, if you thought it was fast before, it is fast for now. <laughs> It is unbelievable how much you need to be forwardly placed on that turf course over the weekend. Multiple 20-second opening quarters for low-level horses going five furlongs. Uh, that's good to hear because that's what I uh, I was kind of playing, how the speed, the turf would play this uh, sequence on this for as far as speed goes. We do have, uh, let's see, one, two on the turf, two on synthetic, and then just one on the dirt. And that dirt race, I think, might be the hardest one of all of them, Mike, just because it's uh, it's only seven fillies. And their first level allowance, two-year-olds. Like, that's not something we're used to seeing at many tracks in America these days. So uh, a, a very interesting handicapping lesson that we get to go through. Yeah, not not a race where you have a ton to go off of. A lot of horses that are just coming out of one start. You maybe have a couple starts for some of them. So you have to kind of figure out, okay, who has the mental ability to step forward? It's a good replay race because if you watch some of the replays, you can kind of see which horses are a little headier than others. Um, but it, it's also a nice price, place to go price hunting if you're looking for it. But I, I thought this was a tough race and uh, not sure you're going to get a big number in this. Although uh, the morning line isn't out, or at least wasn't when I handicapped. So I'll mm -hmm. be interested to see if we have any morning lines that pop up as we do this thing. Uh, Chris saying the turf triple at Gulfstream Park is going to be a mainstay of his wagering this winter, which maybe it's a good thing Chris is off uh, paternity leave because Gulfstream Park and that turf triples here. Uh, but another fun bet. I don't know. It's three. The last three turf races at Gulfstream and it's uh, what? Five dollar minimum. Do you remember? They basically ripped off Keeneland. Three dollar minimum. Last five turf races, either 14 or 15 percent takeout. So low takeout. Okay. Final three turf races, high buy in. So if you like a long shot, it's a great way to play around a singled long shot in those turf races. And Gulfstream can definitely produce those. Um, Rodney John chimes in here real quick. Magic uh, question for you in the new Gulfstream. What should I be looking for? How does the track play? Um, so it's very, very different. And this is it's going to be interesting to watch this. This turf course is new at Gulfstream. So we kind of have to we've got limited information off of just a weekend of starts, but uh, you've had to be forwardly placed. It was almost impossible to close going two turns. It was impossible to close going one turn. So you're looking at for horses that have speed that are going to be forwardly placed and looking for jockeys that, figure that out pretty quickly so like Luis Saez uh he will inject speed into horses that do not have speed be when on this Gulfstream Park turf course as will Irad Ortiz they're going to make sure that they're more forwardly placed so they're able to, to get a better look at it um Paco Lopez an interesting one he's he gets himself in some trouble but he's going to be aggressive with horses uh so another one that, that I would look for if you're especially on the turf course uh, dirt plays I would say fair to speed favoring. I, I think that, you know, they're, they're the mile and a 16th is a first finish line. So that one is a more speed favoring race, but uh, any other distance along the dirt, I would say is speed favoring to fair. Uh, and then the synthetic, you really don't want to be on the lead going two turns. Uh, and that, that we did have one gate to wire winner this weekend. So it looks like the course may be evening out, but for the, the it's entire existence, two turns, you want to be coming from off the pace. One turn, you want to be forwardly placed uh yeah it's always i remember lone speed uh or, or sorry speed on going two turns on the synthetic it's always mike's biggest thing he says don't do it don't do it and there's always about once a month there's one horse that uh for specifically a sequence we covered that comes up and bites him in the ass on that so but genuinely generally mike is correct and mike plays golf stream every day he is much more the expert than i am uh one thing i would say watch out for the irad horses that are they'll be over bet all the time because he's irad and it's the championship meet um if you're going to play an I-Red horse, expect it to get bet, even if the morning line says, hey, it's 10 to 1, and it's not going to go off at 10 to 1. And be very careful. Like, if you like that horse, you better really like it, because whatever price the morning line is, you're not getting that when the gate goes off. Um, do I make my, my proclamation again that Jose Ortiz beats him? Not this year. No, not this year. Probably not a good idea. Uh, Rosario going out to California, not going to... Not gonna battle for the Gulfstream title this year so it'll be interesting to see uh see what that does yeah he and Johnny V trading places Johnny V is going to stay at Gulfstream if he doesn't win the Santa Anita title uh anyone who's a Rosario apologist needs to back up into the bush like Homer Simpson um the one other thing I'd say and this was probably the best angle last year 
was synthetic two-turn horses that went early, that had early speed, that quit in the lane. So let's say they were first at the, at the quarter pole, first half mile, first six furlongs, and ends up like fourth or fifth, switching over to the turf where they're able to get the lead because the one course plays heavily toward closers and one course plays heavily towards speed. So if you have horses that are closing on the turf that switch to the synthetic, they get an upgrade. If you have speed horses on synthetic that switch to the turf, they get an upgrade because of the way that those two trend. Um, yeah, morning lines are interesting at Gulfstream too because you're going to see a lot of fluctuation. A lot of 21s that go off at five to one and usually that means that the horse is live. Got a question for you, Magic. Did you Where see will Pratt be? Well, he'll be Pratt. Where? Pratt's gonna be where the bitch is at. That's where Pratt be, baby. Sorry, what were you saying? Where's Pratt gonna be? Where is he riding? I think Gulfstream. I don't Ooh. think he's. I. I honestly don't know. I'm not keeping. I. I. You know what? The, I, as his number one fan, I've. I've been lacking. Yeah, I would expect Gulfstream, but we'll see. I mean, if you want to yeah. do New York and you want to get the rides, right? If you want to win the Saratoga tri- title, which he does, you. You got to go to Gulfstream to get. The Browns, the Pletchers that are going to get the Mots, they're going to go up there. Uh, did you see the Saratoga news today? Or that's, I should say the Saratoga rumor today? No. We are going to have three Saratoga meets in 2024. Supposedly, the Belmont Racing Festival will be at Saratoga in early June. Bring your parkas. Well, that's June. It's still nice in Saratoga in June. Bring your light parkas. <laughs> uh, that would also mean that the Belmont is at Saratoga, which would be awfully interesting. Um, and then the there is rumored to be another six-day meet after the summer Saratoga meet that will be a fall Saratoga meet before Backwaduck gets going. So that's what Naira supposedly has asked for. Again, this is a rumor, not official yet. Wait, that, that last thing doesn't make any sense. You're just extending this summer meet an extra week? You are, but you're only running Saturday, Sunday. Extra three weeks, just Saturday, Sundays. Oh... Oh, still dumb, but I'm sure there's some stupid legal reason why they're doing um, that. And instead of just saying we're going to extend it and just run Saturday, Sunday, the last three weeks. So we'll we'll see what happens if that is that actually is official. But apparently that's what Naira is going to request from the uh, New York Gaming Commission. Well, OK, that's the interesting way to start. Belmont at Saratoga would be awfully interesting. I mean, yeah. People wouldn't bitch about it like they would if it went to Aqueduct, right? Where, like, <laughs> where would the gate be for a mile and a half race at Saratoga on the dirt? <laughs> like, like near the Wilton shoot? Like they got to go three turns, right? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, I, I can't remember a mile and a half dirt race at Saratoga. They're usually like a mile and five sixteen because they don't want to be in. Yeah, because a mile and a quarter is all the way down the shoot at the start of the the final turn. So that yeah. that also adds a little bit more intrigue as well. But we'll we'll see if it actually goes down to official. Um, but like if that's if that is the word, I think that would be awfully interesting. And those turf races at Saratoga over Belmont Festival weekend would be awfully fun as well. They shortened it to amount of quarter people a bitch. Don't do that. Don't do that. You're already messing with fire by playing with fire by moving it. Don't. Well, I mean, don't the word Belmont's not going to be open, so they got to put it somewhere, right? And it's better than Aqueduct. Well, that's I think that's the reasoning, right? Is why would you go to Aqueduct with it if you're why wouldn't you go to Saratoga? Finger Lakes. That's where we need to move it. Finger Lakes. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Nobody nobody ever Tony Cal is finally getting his ass out of Finger Lakes too, which is great. Anyways, we I'm not talking about anything. We're talking about Gulfstream Park Thursday, late pick five. Let's get into it, buddy. Right is up. Okay, here we go. First leg of the Gulfstream Park late pick five on Thursday, December 7th, race six, a two-year-old starter allowance race going a mile and 70 yards on the synthetic. And this is, how do you figure this one out, Mike? Where'd you go on top? Well, I, uh, I'm really interested to see what the odds are here, right? Because we've got, uh, we've got Irad on a, a Mori horse, but that horse went gate to wire at Balterra. So interesting that, that Irad shows up on this horse. I'm going to go to the uh, International Invader here. Give me Jack Sisterson and Luis Saez on the four-horse Seagal here coming over uh, from Ireland. Won a seven-furlong race there. It was toward the back of the pack. I thought made a pretty nice run. Um, I, like It was a low level, right? It was a claiming race, only 10,000, like got 6,000 for the win. So he didn't learn too much. The time form number's not great. 
But the fact that Sisterson takes the horse, the fact that Saez takes them out makes me think that this uh, this is one of those horses that could take a nice step forward. I think is going to have that that style that we're looking for that we're talking about to be able to come from off the pace on the synthetic. Um, and I'm hoping the price is right. I really don't know what the price is going to be, but I'm, I'm hoping the price is right. We get somewhere around the five to one number. Uh, so I had a single in here in this spot to kick things off and this was second up for me and i first of all did you know they had claiming races in ireland i had no idea i was like huh, I mean, they, have, they have claiming races they have to have claiming races everywhere right i don't mm-hmm. know i mean like how much their purses can't get much lower for a lot of their races in ireland how much lower can you go for claiming like are you handing out like peanuts to get to claim a horse like what's uh, i don't know a pint well i mean that, if you, that was six thousand i mean the claiming couldn't have been too much more than that right Depending, hey, depending on which track you're at in America, that is just a few pints, so you're not sure there. Uh, but yeah, lots to like about this horse. Uh, doing a little looking up on the breeding, um, the distance, the stretch out should be well within this horse's right. And again, Saya's hopping aboard. I went, ah, yep. boy, if, if if my single gets scratched or if I end up getting something else screwed up with scratches here, I'm going to really look at adding the four. Uh, single for me, uh, you mentioned don't ever play Sloan Speed or Speed going two turns on the synthetic. So I'm singling the five, tap it yeah. three times. Uh, a horse that may go to the lead, but I think the one severance is actually going to try and do that. That horse is stretching out from a five furlong race uh, and drew the rail. I think the one's only shot is to just you know get out of there and try to get going. Uh, tap it three times actually did show out uh, uh, in the debut, the only race, that he could sit off a little bit. And then power home. I, this horse is projected to be the the speed, but again, I think the one could end up doing that. Uh, I like the fact that the horse got claimed for 16K, sight unseen, out of that debut race, shows up here, protected in a starter allowance spot. And it was the same course, the same distance, and a, a capable barn with Orsino and Sammy Camacho Jr. I think uh, I would call this a lateral move with the Jerry O'Dwyer barn. Uh, I mean, you may be more excited about this if it was Safi who claimed or Maker or something like that, but... The way the horse ran, the way the horse was able to kind of sit off and relax a little bit with that early pace, and then it's still power home, got me excited. So I'm going to single the five, tap it one, two, three times to get it home. Yeah, I, I ended up going with uh, with tap it three times as well as my other two. I'm only going too deep, going four or five. I agree with you that I don't think the five necessarily is going to make the lead. I, I mean, I think the three is interesting as a lead horse here as well. Went 23.47 last time out, 22.46 in the opening race both of those would, would be faster than what we saw from tap it three times last time uh the one i i think is probably gonna end up sitting right behind the three i'm a little worried the trip for the five is going to be that two wide trip all the way around um but i i do think that was the by far the best first race and if you're going to try and go gate to wire if, if, if the five ends up inheriting the lead it means they're going 25 it means they're going 50 right where they're going very very slow and in that case i don't mind having the five as someone who's going to go gate to wire especially in a field of two-year-olds who generally are going to struggle to pass each other, right? And I, I, I like, I love it. This is just a, a personal thing. I love it when horses get claimed in the lower to medium claiming level, their first start as a maiden. Because that mm-hmm. means that they heard something, they saw something in the workouts. There was a reason why that horse gets claimed for 16, and then they brought it back protected, so they believe they're correct. And to me, that is a, a usually a big sign that there's some talent in the horse. So I just went 4-5. I had the one as my next horse up, and I almost had the one in but cut it because of budget reasons. I think the one probably sits a really nice trip here and does not get bet at all for a couple reasons. First off, the connections, not exactly household yeah. names. The trainer's 2 for 84. The jockey's 5 for 62. Also, it was 31 to 1 first time out. Um, so I, I don't think we're going to see... You're going to get a very good price on Severance. And that, that probably ends up being my tournament horse in this race. But I'm going to use the 4-5 to start out the pick 5. We'll move on. The second leg of the late pick 5 at Gulfstream Park on Thursday, December 7th. Race number 7. We've got 11 two-year-old maidens sprinting five furlongs on the turf. And four of them are first-timers. Uh, I singled the first race, Mike. I I chickened out. I hit the all button on this. I got through about seventh horse and was like, this is this race is a crap shoot to me that a lot of these horses I thought could win. I was going over uh, half of the field that I wanted to use on my tickets, so that's why I hit the all button. Who's your top pick? Yeah, I don't I don't fully blame you. Um, not a, an easy <laughs> race to handicap here. Uh, I went with the rail horse here, Bourbon Boss. Uh, this is one that he started out on the turf, went seven furlongs at Kentucky Downs. I thought ran really well. Can Group ended up winning that race. Came back and won a stakes after that. I came back at Churchill and ran a really good race in restricted maiden special weight. Ended up just getting beat by Anna Marie there. Uh, last time out, 
went a little bit faster and was forced a little bit wider than I think this horse wanted and faded off it. Now you're inside. I think this is the fastest horse or one of the couple fastest horses in the field. So I love the draw of the one post. We talked about speed on this turf. Inside speed specifically can be very, very dangerous. Uh, so I went with the one bourbon boss on top here. I'm going to go to the, the bookends and go to the 11. Silent Heart on the outside is my second pick. Uh, this is a horse that debuted on the turf again at five furlongs uh, over at Indiana Grand. They were so impressed with that. They sent him out to Churchill Downs. <laughs> Unfortunately, the race gets taken off the turf. Uh, not really a great spot to draw. The 9 of 11 uh, going five furlongs at Churchill. The horse still ran very, very well. Took a nice step forward. Uh, Lynch, one of those trainers that uh, has been pretty good so far this year at 15%. And you get Sai as a board. Which, uh, well, I mean, I know a lot of people love Mitch Merle, but it's an upgrade to get Sai as a board. <laughs> there. Uh, and now we're back to the turf where I think this horse wants to be. Uh, so I'll, I'll take the 1 in the 11 as my top two horses here. Yeah, no shade of Mitch Merle, but like his nickname is is Bet Mitch Get Rich. Saez doesn't need a nickname because you're too busy cashing those tickets to try and come up with something for him. I'm with you on this. Uh, Dr. Tang agreeing with you. He loves the one bourbon boss speed of the speed. I love the 11, but and you probably have this concern too. That post is going five furlongs. You're just like, oh man, there's so many, so many things could go wrong. You need everything to go right in a big field turf sprinting. So um, I, I do like that horse. I don't have any issue with that. Another one that I really like, the number two debuting, Soar Richard. This is a son of Omaha Beach who's been super hot as a sire. Uh is going to get Paco Lopez to ride there two for four in the last year together. Three for four hitting the board and Paco 21% overall in the last year. This is a breeding play, um, but I really think the fact that this horse being a by Omaha Beach with Paco aboard, some decent works, that 48-1, and one, the last work getting ready for this. I think this horse, is as long as he breaks clean, is going to be a part of it. It's just a matter of what kind of trip does he get being from the two post. Yeah, this is uh, this is my third pick. I agree with you on the sire perspective. Omaha Beach, 14% first turf winners, 28% first time two-year-old starters. That's a hell of a number. Uh, no matter how deep into your career you are, Omaha Beach only a couple classes in. I really like the workout pattern on this one as well. Uh, four lackluster workouts. Um, and then the last two, all of a sudden we're doing 12s both 48 seconds for four furlongs. So you have these this slower set of stamina building workouts, and then you've got two very nice ones. Now you show up at the track. I think we're going to see some speed from Sour Richard, or Sour Richard. So this is one of the reasons that I want to have like this horse in here. I think you've got early speed. I like the pedigree. And Paco's a send jockey. So I do think you're going to see the two horse in a good position here. Uh, probably two, three wide, somewhere in there, unless Paco decides to tuck and then play bully ball to get out on the far turn. But I'm hoping we get a decent price here because this is a, a pretty competitive field. Last horse I used here was the nine horse uh, fastest. This is a Buchero horse, which uh, generally do very well in the Florida turf sprinting. Saw this horse for the first time on synthetic. I thought ran an okay race. Um, just kind of ran around the track, but didn't ever really threaten. Was in the nine post that day. Draws the nine again today. Uh, Jaramillo rides back for this one. Cassie, like, he gets some interesting horses down here in Florida. Generally, Woodbine is where you, you really want to be using him. But when you see a Buchero sell for $100,000 and he stands for five, it's generally yeah. because the horse has early speed. And we didn't really see that in that first race. And you go back, you watch the break. Wasn't really a reason why we didn't. I think you're going to see a, a lot better version of Fastest. And I think you're going to get a decent price on him. Yeah, I like that horse as well. A couple other ones to touch on real quick. I, I wasn't in love with horses like the 10. Mozara didn't make your ticket either. It's Pletcher, it's Velasquez, and it's probably going to get bet. But like we tried three dirt sprints last time, tried to get on the turf and it was rained off. But this feels like my, like, I know, second time trying the turf and they'll get on there. But Pletcher doesn't usually keep misfiring with you know dirt horses and then get them on the turf. Now, uh, up to the mark is an exception to the rule, uh, very recent, but uh, other than that, usually not something. So I don't like that. And, and the, the eight and the nine, it's like, why? what are they doing here? You look at the breeding and go, you should be trying two turns, not five furlongs with those breeding. So yeah, pass on those. Uh, the three or the four interest you at all, Crash the Gate's going to be first time gelding. And then uh, the four Chicago Theater first time starter, uh, who's by Medagliadoro out of a warfront mare. So interesting breeding. I guess if you were going to go deeper here, these might be the next ones you'd use. Yeah, they were both ones that I looked at. Um, uh, the the three is really interesting because it's Constitution, who's another just absolutely phenomenal sire. You've got the 35-second workout last time, so you, you should expect more speed from this horse. Ired picks up the mount for Maker. Um, I would expect this one's going to be faster. I think this one's going to be over bet. That was one of the reasons I didn't include the three on here. Uh, but the the three crash the gate makes a lot of sense. And then, yeah, from a breeding perspective, uh, it's Chicago Theater, another one that, yeah, you can make a good argument for. Warfront on the bottom, 17% uh, first time starter for Tom Proctor. 
that one feels like a two-turner to me. That was the main reason I didn't have Chicago Theater in there. I kind of want to watch one and then see if we stretch out for a second, especially when you look at the workouts, draw a little bit on the slower side. Uh, everybody having fun talking about their favorite uh, potential horse names in the chat. We won't say anything. Uh, there is a real quick. Uh, Oakland does start this Friday. Uh, we have the preview for the Advent Stakes, which if you're watching us live on YouTube, stay tuned. As soon as Magic Mike ends, the preview for the Advent is going to follow right after. But since we don't usually cover Oakland here because they're always off the turf. But Matt Dinnerman's going to be the announcer. Is that a way that we can get an Oakland show for the Magic Mike show? Because if we get Matt Dinnerman in to talk about it. Yeah, I'll just let you know when I'm not available. <laughs> now I, I i like matt quite a bit i'll watch oakland a little bit more i just i that one that feels like a circuit that if you're not watching every day you are behind the eight ball and i don't watch oakland every day and so that that makes it really hard for the arkansas bread races i don't know that the sneaky connections like i do at golf stream <laughs> with specific trainers with specific owners i don't know the arkansas sires as well as i do for some other states and so it's just like it's one of those circuits where if i had if i had time to watch a, another racetrack every single day then i'd be much more interested in oakland and if i you know i could maybe i'll boot someone maybe I'll, maybe someone will get the boot and oakland will get the play i also haven't like I think my biggest cash at Oakland is like seven, eight thousand. Like I haven't had one of those ridiculous caches Only. there. Well, well, but it's few and far between. Like it's not, you know, like Gulfstream has been one of those. Like, like traditionally, I'm just like, yeah, just let's print some money, baby. Um, so <laughs> for me, it's it's the, that kind of primes the pump a little bit. Like even Turfway, I was like, I'm pretty close to Turfway here every day last week. Maybe I'll start paying a little more attention to Turfway. So you gotta you gotta have a couple hits to get you going. So maybe I'll play Oakland opening weekend, see how it goes. Well, Aaron Haltzman is someone who has watched Oakland every day for over a decade now, and he'll tell you watching that track every day doesn't make you any more in tune with what's going on. Sometimes that place just goes full bonkers as well. Uh, race 8 is the third leg of the late pick 5 at Gulfstream Park on Thursday, December 7th, and it brings us eight older males routing a mile and a 16th on the synthetic at the 35K claiming level. Where'd you go on top, buddy? Give me the six horse, Sig Run Fast Boy. Uh, dropping in for a claiming price for the first time in his career. Been running at that 25 N1X. And ran a bunch of good races, but never able to really get the job done against some some pretty good horses uh, for that level. You, like, the Gulfstream, the, the, the NX level at Gulfstream Synthetic are really competitive, especially when they're optional claimers because people will drop in four-time winners into N1X and N2X and just have eventually have them up for the claim depending on the conditions. And so you get the same horses kind of banging heads against each other. Uh, so I'm not going to hold it against this one that he has not won since the debut in Breaking the Maiden because you consistently get good efforts. Uh, we know the horse likes the Gulfstream course. Yeah, I, again, I know one for 10, one for 15 for his career, one for 10 of the, ter of the synthetic. That's the real concern. But this race sets up very well for the six. Uh, you've got quite a bit of speed in here. Uh, Vasquez, who I like quite a bit for these meets, stays up. Uh, and I, I think we're just going to get a very, very good trip based on what we've seen from this horse and where we're breaking from the post. Uh, third up for me. I went too deep here, but uh, this was third up for me. Um, was very interested on <laughs> with the class drop and what this horse could do because it seems always to be competitive on the synthetic. But maybe the class drop gets it done. Uh, topic for me. Number three, classic Motown. Uh, this is kind of a, a classic magic play a little bit. I love Safi Joseph and Edgar Zayas at Gulfstream Park together, uh, especially when it's outside the, the big championship meet stuff since we're just at the beginning of it here. Uh, but they are 25% uh, together, winners in the last year, 54% in the money. Uh, I think this horse is going to a great trip. For, uh, save some ground, won't be too far back. But if there is a speed collapse that happens, as you uh, often predict does happen in these two-turn synthetic races at Gulfstream, I think he'd be sitting a perfect trip. You look to the race four back. Uh, the first time he tried the synthetic and it worked out well, got broke the maiden at the claiming level. Uh, the last three starts was, you know, fourth, but only beaten half a length, third, beaten two and a half, but had gotten way far back. And then the last race just, you know, was right there and couldn't quite get the job done, but super competitive. We're still doing this without morning lines. I keep hoping as the show goes on that it's going to like populate oh, yeah. for us. Um, I feel like this horse is probably going to be the favorite based off of those last two efforts. And the last three races was six to five, two to one, two to one. That's why we went too deep. But I, I love these connections. And I think this horse is going to be competitive. Yeah, I um, I, this was my fourth horse on. And I, okay. I, I, I looked at this one for a while. I just I wouldn't want to go four deep in this race. It was one of the main reasons that I, I mean, I only ended up two deep in this race. So obviously, I'm not going to go four. Um, makes sense for the level. Going to need to improve a little bit. 
but this horse has been getting better throughout the three-year-old season. Uh, don't mind carrying the one 120 late in the three-year-old season against older. So I think that's a positive too. I went with the seven horse, uh, Emboite, 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 Sure. I think that last one is it. Emboite. Emboite. Uh, I went with Emboite here. Uh, and this is like, look, we talked about, you don't want speed going two turns. This is like dead loan speed. And it's a horse that's dropping significantly in class as well and so the combination of the two uh, with the fact that i think i have the other real threat in the race sig run fast boy i'm willing to take a chance here uh maker gets paco to take them out horse has been running in ninety thousand eighty thousand dollar allowances hundred thousand dollar allowances up in new york and been competitive in those so like celestial city easter steady on exact estimate all horses that would absolutely crush a field like this First time trying the synthetic, so that's a, a little bit of a concern. But Maker, 21% when switching from turf to the synthetic, 19% overall on synthetic, 23% with Paco. All those are very good numbers. <laughs> and I think we have a, a, just a dead speed edge. We'll see what, what we have to go from a pace perspective, but this just screams like, 24 and change 50 and change and and all of a sudden yeah. <laughs> you know emboid is kicking when it comes uh when it comes toward the lane so for me it was just six seven here i actually like the four quite a bit king silvio um if this one makes it in i'm interested and this is part of because i know this track pretty well uh this horse faced a lot of tough horses earlier in his career i mean big invasion first race james aloysius second race grand david third race uh, our, uh, breaks the maiden in the next one will kind of sort of gets uh, gets put up. Remember Casey Chief from last year? Uh -huh. Casey Chief was one of those horses that just kept winning on the synthetic. That is not an easy race. Takes a really long time off, goes up to Meadowlands, runs okay, um, and then comes in here, second start off the layoff is a uh, son of Tappet, four-year-old gelding, just ran a 36-second uh, workout over at Tampa Bay. Uh, this would be the one where, like, depending on the price, this this is one I was like, can I fit this one in the ticket? Because I think you're going to get a number, and I think this horse is live. Yeah, I agree. This is fourth up for me. So I was uh, three seven six four in here. So we had the same idea with these horses, just a slightly different mix there. Uh, fun fact about the trainer, Julie Stormfelt, her very first starter ever as a trainer on her own, December 1st at Gulfstream Park, 2023. Um, she has had five starters. She actually had four starters on the 2nd of December. So she was like, Hey, I got my first one in. Let's do four more the next day. Uh, still looking for first win, but two of those horses have finished third and she is a former Mark Cassie assistant. So comes from some good, uh, good pedigree from the training side there as well. So, uh, best of luck to Julie Stormfeld. I'm sure that's not the last time we're going to talk about her and her horses on this show. No, it's our good mounts. She said good horses. I mean, like, all of them have been like legitimate considered to use horses uh, for coming mm -hmm. out, going in. And a couple of them come have come from the Cassie barn as well. So not a shock that she's an assistant or was an assistant there. <laughs> uh, I am a NASCAR driver, Pedlo. That's correct. The penultimate leg of the late pick five at Gulfstream Park on Thursday, December 7th, race number nine. We have seven two-year-old fillies sprinting six nap furlongs on the dirt at the first level allowance. Woo, this is a... HC mix. We don't usually get to talk about this unless it's like Churchill down stars of tomorrow two card. Uh, where are you going on top? I'm going to go with the five horse. I almost singled here. Uh, Fiona's magic, who I, I think is the speed of the speed. <laughs> Maybe. Um, look, but we talked about trainers that have some success. Michael Yates, one of those trainers where if you don't follow Gulfstream, you don't really know him, but he is uh, someone who has success on the Florida circuit. That last race I thought was really impressive. The horse didn't make the lead and was still able to win and draw away from a field. Never really asked. Now you get her second off the layoff after a huge performance uh, and a nice step forward there off the first race. So I, I went with Fiona's Magic, who I, I think is going to be able to sit outside of some of the other pace or go make the lead if she needs to. But I, I think she's got a very good shot in this spot. Um, I'm trying to find something like I, I see somewhere they're around five to one, which I think will be a very, very high price. Uh, let's see, Fiona's Magic was five to two in her debut, which I bet her in that debut race, and she got second. And then she was three to two last time out when she dominated by seven lengths. Third up for me uh, in this race, I'm sorry, fourth up for me. I went, I went three deep here. Um, I, I would like a better, a different jockey aboard for Michael Yates. Uh, but it's interesting to know, like you mentioned, he is dominates the two-year-old Florida bread circuit. You can make a lot of good money betting his two-year-olds early in the summer when nobody's paying attention to Gulfstream. Uh, cause they can like this, this horse was five to 200 debut and she really shouldn't have been, but I wish we had somebody better than no offense to Rivera. Give me somebody different than Rivera who can ride. Um, I like that we're giving the bug some attention here, but 
Yes, it's not a stakes, but I don't know. I just had like a little more confidence for a horse that's this a lot of two-year-olds are just gonna go, 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 go. And then after four furlongs decide that they're done running, you need to get a jockey who's gonna be able to control that horse and get it to ration speed and then take off. So that's my yeah. one knock on Fiona's magic. I, I don't disagree with you. I, I mean, I don't mind the bug because the seven pounds can matter a lot on a two-year-old, even at a six furlong distance. And then the fact that he rode last time gave me a little bit more confidence as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, oh, all great points. Uh, top pick for me, number six, Bourbon Breeze. I read Ortiz Jr. hopping back aboard a horse. It was a very sharp debut winner at Keeneland on October 6th, won by over three or over three lengths, going six furlongs there. Stretched out to a mile uh, at Churchill Downs. Uh, didn't have a great start, but also was facing a horse than Torpedo Anna, who won by nine lengths. This horse was nine lengths behind second, and Torpedo Anna was nine lengths ahead of the second place, but wasn't didn't have a great start, and I think that the distance probably wasn't her best, but cutting back here, I'm hoping because of that fourth place beating 18 lengths that get better than five to two on this fill here uh, with Irad hopping back aboard, but Irad getting on this horse and the way that she ran without needing the speed, she could stalk, she had a little bit of trip trouble and still won her debut. I'm really excited about this daughter of Omaha Beach, who we talked about earlier. Yeah, I um I like her quite a bit as well. She was uh she was my third horse, so but she did make the ticket for me. Riley Mott, uh, you know, I know friend of the dudes, uh, one of those trainers you gotta keep your eye out for. His horses are starting to run quite a bit all over the place. Uh one for four right now at Gulfstream, 20 for 163, 12% for the year. Interesting that Irad picks up the mount here. Um if Irad is riding for Riley. I think that's probably going to be a pretty good trend. They're one for one. We need a little big sample size before we can officially say that, <laughs> right? But I'm guessing he's getting first call. And because, you know, Bill Mott, the father of Riley Mott, uh, you're probably getting the, the, uh, the agent to pay attention when Riley calls because of who his father is as well. So uh, I think you're going to see a pretty good meet here from Riley Mott down at Gulfstream. So I like Bourbon Breeze quite a bit. This is the horse of all the horses that can at least close, that we know can close. And there's a lot of speed in here. So uh, I do think that the six has a pretty big shot here. I went to the rail as my second pick, Sweet Hazley, who I think has a shot at going gate to wire. Uh, talked about how turf or how the dirt does favor speed a little bit over closers. The six and a half has me concerned a little bit. But you go back and watch that first race. I mean, that was that was a heck of a race there. Went 22 and change, 45 and change. Never really threatened. Absolutely ran away from this field. Uh, trainer six for 27 overall. Um, at, it's for this year, 27%. Reyes, not the best jock in the world right now. 4% at the meet, but 14 overall. Ridden two of the winners here for this trainer over the last year. The workouts since that race have been solid. I think it's also some go from the rail for Sweet Hazley. It's, the question is, she's going to take more pressure. The question is, how much more pressure will she take? Uh, if it's not a ton, I think she is dangerous on the front end. She uh, she pulled a little bit of a door knock, which we didn't talk about door knock in the Remsen. But that debut, she came off and was like a little too close to the rail. But yeah. she's familiar with the rail and now she breaks from it. She's going to go, oh, you I'm used to you. Yeah. I can handle you. So uh, this uh, misnamed <laughs> should be rail knock. Real knock, yeah. I, I was trying to work something like that into the title and it just it uh, I was too, forcing it too much. But this was my second pick. Um. I like Reyes. By the way, you mentioned Reyes is two for 10 for the barn, eight for 10 in the money. So they're running very well for Reyes when he's aboard for Paul Valerie. I'm guessing uh, this is a former um, trainer. He, I think he was a Caribbean trainer. So uh, kind of like uh, Safi Joseph, who's from Barbados coming up this way. But he'd run a horse uh, before this year. He'd only had one horse and it was back when you remember Gulfstream used to hold the Caribbean Classic uh, where they have all the. Yeah. So he used to he had a starter there. But otherwise, uh, but the horse is uh, 22 starters this year, six wins, four seconds, five thirds, according to Equibase. So 15 for 22 in the money and six winners. That's that's a, that's not just racing luck. That's just good luck. Right? Those horses are doing well for him. Uh, third and final horse for me, number four, Contessa's Song. Uh, this horse uh, debuted at Monmouth Park, set the pace and then faded, came back going six furlongs at, at Delaware Park and uh sat off a little bit ended up powering home to win by over three lengths i like that jorge delgado the trainer took time off didn't push this horse into any kind of a stakes race there's a smattering all over where she could have gone and instead waited let her develop a little bit and now is targeting this i think being by street sense out of a birdstone mare six and a half furlongs is better for her a little bit more distance but i really like that she was able to sit off a little bit and power home and you've got an aggressive jockey in Haramio hopping aboard who does okay for the barn. So uh, this one made the, the list also over Fiona's Magic Quiz. I'm guessing this one will get a much better price than the five when, when the odds are up. 
Yeah, I would assume so. Fiona's Magic, I'm seeing five to one, the four contested song, eight to one for projected odds. Um, okay. I, I, I expect that contested song is going to improve. I'm worried it's not going to be enough. That was kind mm-hmm. of where I where I landed on that one. You could have gone uh, door knock. Who's there? The rail. No, dude. Uh, no, the door knock joke. You don't like my door knock joke? No, I got it. I just why you had to come back to it. That's why I was shaking my head. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I was. I've got a five year old. So You're still worst, stuck on it. <laughs> I, I hear the worst knock knock jokes ever. It's like knock knock. Who's there? Owl. Owl. Who? Ha 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 ha. It's just like it's, it's constantly in my life right now. So I've got all the bad knock knock jokes going through my head right now. Okay. Well. Anyways, I went three deep here. Did we touch on? You just went the two. I went three deep. I went one five six. Uh, price I think okay. is going to be interesting here. This is one of those spots where I, I may be playing a, a pretty heavy cold pick three if I like the price on the six in the previous race and and either the one or the five there in this one. And because also the race before that's the five furlong two-year-old turf sprint for mains. And who knows what the hell is going to go on in that one. But we do know we've got one race left. That is race 10, the fifth and final leg of the late pick five. Thursday, December 7th at Gulfstream Park. We're back on the turf routing a mile. Maiden's three years old. Except for the two blind eye, he is four. Uh, optional claimers uh, in for 40k tags if they are not Florida breds. Where did you go on top? I went with the six horse Cumberland on top here. Um, George Weaver, we talked about him with younger horses quite a bit and how well he had done at Saratoga. He's kind of continued that on. And then uh, he's been strong all year, clicking off at 18%. This horse got gelded. This is a $15,000 uh, stud cost on Classic Empire, $175,000 horse. They clearly thought this was one that had a shot uh, to be a very good horse. And that second race at Gulfstream uh, was a very good race. Ended up making the lead, going a mile on the turf, gets caught by Calic, who turned out to be a pretty darn good horse. Um, certified Lover Boy was in the next one. So there's good horses up and down those maiden races. Now we're coming back down to Gulfstream. You get size aboard, which means I think you're going to show some of that speed that we saw early. The Rosario curse kind of hit this horse, and all of a sudden the speed horse became a stalker, and that was probably not what you wanted, and we've seen that from Rosario <laughs> before. Now we're switching to Saez, which means you're probably going to get that speed back. Uh, so I think Cumberland's going to be much more forwardly placed today, going five furlongs with the jockey switch. And I'm guessing we're going to get a, a decent price here as well. Also love the fact that we're dropping down from the maiden special weight into the maiden claiming level. Boy, yeah, look at that that race. He almost wins, and Kalik goes off and wins two more out of that. And what happened? What, what happened to Cumberland? What could have been? <laughs> Uh, second if only uh rosario sent Uh, yeah right Uh, i went too deep here Uh, this was the second choice for me Uh, i love size getting aboard for weaver here so uh we'll see what happens top pick i went with the eight uh sorry one two three yeah the eight caspian c cumberland's the six horse eight caspian c for safi joseph jr uh doesn't have his normal guy edgar zayas riding but leo reyes does pretty well for safi 24 percent gets a lot of those wins in the summertime uh at the non-championship meet but 58 percent in the money riding for safi as well horse takes a drop down uh after running at kentucky downs for hundred fifty thousand dollar protected purse ninety thousand dollar protected purse at backwaduct Tried Gulfstream Park, debuted at two turns, so clearly Safi thought this horse needed the distance. Uh, he needs something. This horse is not being competitive in those other races, but I'm hoping that the class drop here uh, helps him get more engaged here. And, and yeah, it's Safi at Gulfstream Park. If you get any kind of a price on this horse, 42 to 1 last out. I know he's taking a class drop, but maybe we still get a price on him. Uh, 10 to 1 projected right now from what I see. Hey, there we go. All right. Uh- I, I can't with the closing aspect of it. That was my biggest problem. This horse, I he mean, the draws, the draws have been brutal. Okay, it's 7 of 7, 10 of 11, 10 of 10. So you got to, you know, take that into account here. But 8 I, of 10, we're improving. All right. Yeah, a little bit better. But but this horse is, you know, lengths behind a 47 half. And I think they're going to go 21-ish, 43. And I don't know where the, uh, this horse could be a mile out of it. And that was my biggest issue with, with Caspian C, especially with the way the turf course was playing. Uh, I did look right to the inside, flat top box here. Um, I really mm-hmm. like the turf race, three back. That race is good enough to win this. That was a six furlong turf sprint at Belmont. Uh, the horse showed some speed from the outside. Couldn't run down the winner that day, but uh, I still ran a nice third in that race. Got the high buyer of the race in that spot. The last, the first and last race, you could pretty much chuck out. And the third race, which looks absolutely awful, was really not that bad. The horse showed some speed and then got absolutely cut off, had to get steadied and to just wrap it up at that point. So uh, to me, the only real effort we have is the best race of any horse basically outside of Cumberland's one race in the field. So uh, I, I think the flat top box is an interesting horse. and I think is probably going to be your speed in this race because there's not a ton of speed uh, that is featured in this spot. So 
six seven, and then I added the four as well. He's a he's a lucky guy. You mentioned that you don't get Zayas on your Safi. That's because Zayas is going here to ride for Kerry Brion. A um, little concerned about the speed aspect of this, but did show some speed at Colonial. I was at least attending the pace in a forty-seven second half. Going to have to be a little bit faster, but the workouts have been a little better than what we've seen leading up to those races. This is the kind of one where, like, if there is some type of collapse, I think he's a lucky guy is close enough to be able to pick up the pieces and run into it. Uh, and I also like the fact that, that, you know, they put this horse in what I thought was a, a pretty tough race, runs a good second at Saratoga going a mile and 16th, then protect him. Then they send him back into a, a maiden claimer where he's the favorite at Aqueduct. And now we're getting into a turf sprint here. I'm hoping the turf sprint is what this horse wants to do. Street cry out of a holy bull. Mayor should be faster early if they're going, if they ask for it. So, I'm gonna go four, six, seven to close it out. I kept looking at this four going, why is Zayas here instead of that Safi horse? Uh, I mean there's I, I can look at the races two and three back, but it's um it's not a barn that he rides for either. No. So it's very yeah, it's very to your point, it's it's intriguing that this horse is there. Um as far as flat top box goes, I wish this was a sprint race for this horse and I could play it second off because we got a little bit of a layoff, three months, uh maybe you know, racing in the mud kind of threw this horse off a little bit. Go sprint and then go back to routing, and maybe that's where you catch it for for this horse. But flat top box very intriguing with Irad riding, and you're right. I don't know who else would possibly go. Maybe song on the radio. Paco, uh, this horse has come out of a six furlong dirt sprint. Could you see him go to the lead a little bit? Maybe the one. Don't answer. Yeah. Like if you want a price, you want to get like frisky. Maybe a tournament horse is the one or the two. <laughs> both of them should probably be more forwardly placed. But the one specifically coming out of all sprint races, uh, not sure if we can get the distance. Um, and is definitely left, uh, you know, something to be desired with all of the career fifteen maiden races. But that's the <laughs> horse who I think may may be able to get out to the lead early, especially breaking from the rail. What about this? What well, last one we'll talk about? Rob brings up the 10. Trust me, I'm a doctor. Uh, two sprints, now a route. Debuted on the turf, tried dirt at Laurel, and now back to the turf here. Um, so you got that angle to go with. The post is going to be an issue, but not a, not a bad horse to use, I think, if you could go deeper here. Yeah, it depends on the price. Uh, post is a little bit of a problem. The horse does have some speed. Uh, hate the name, haven't trusted a doctor for years. Um, but, you know, it, other than that, uh, I don't think the 10 has a has a completely no shot in this spot right um you're welcome doc uh i i this is another one where like if you're spreading like if you want to single magics uh magics five in the first race and you want to try and single the five in the last or single the one in the last uh, i would choose this race to spread more than i would that turf sprint that we talked about earlier um because this race it's more murky at who's going to get the lead um, and you've got a couple other horses that could uh, that could fall in that that could get really interesting here because like the one I think is interesting, the two is interesting, the four is interesting. Obviously, like the six, seven, the eight. If for some reason it comes back to him, I think has a shot, and the ten I think has a chance. So uh, up and down is quite a bit uh, quite a bit of opportunity to win this race. And let's see, the, right now the projected odds have everybody under twelve to one except for the nine horse. Wow, yeah, that's murky. So, yeah, just like doctors. That's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining us to talk about Thursday's late pick five at Gulfstream Park. Uh, it's December 7th. The fun sequence, Mike was like, do you want to do Wednesday Turfway, Thursday Gulfstream? Well, we haven't done Gulfstream in a while, so it was uh, it was good to be back here, and we hope you enjoyed it. We gear up for the championship meet. We're going to be at Gulfstream a whole heck of a lot. If you're a podcast listener, we'll give out our tickets one last time. If you're watching us on video, take a look down below. I will go first. I'm going to single the five, then hit the all button, one through 11, then go three, seven, one, four, six, and six, eight. That's $66, Mr. Samich. Uh, I'm going to play a 50 cent ticket, and I'm going to go four, five with one, two, nine, 11 with six, seven with one, five, six with four, <clears throat> six, seven. Magic, give me a thumbs up if we're going to cash. Cash. Cash, baby, cash. Let's cash. Why didn't it do oh, it? Son of a bitch. What is happening? <laughs> I knew oh. what you were trying to do, too. I'll just keep doing this. Oh, I did it. There, there it is. is. Yay. See, oh, and my head popped the bubble. That's okay. We're the podcast listeners are what the hell are they talking about? What's going on? StreamYard has new weird reactions, but only for certain things, and it only works certain ways. That's why I don't trust doctors. Oh boy. Uh I, I like to get mine once a month personally. Uh over at racingdudes.com, we've got 
uh previews for opening it's opening day opening weekend for oakland park uh so we've got that over there three stakes this weekend between friday and saturday also springboard miles coming up pretty soon the star two-year-old for brad cox glenn gary could be making his next start there check out aaron's top five for the kentucky derby two new horses including of course you see right there the remsen stakes winner door knock but who's the other horse so you can find out in that video right there and then, Mr. Samich, uh, a fun story for you. I did t text you about this, but I was at a birthday party for Colson on Sunday. And uh, sorry, but birthday for his one of his friends uh, from yeah. school. <laughs> You're like, what? It's not derby time already. Yeah. And uh, the the dad that was hosting it was like, Dad, we were talking about different things on YouTube that we watch. And he said, Yeah, I love. Do you ever watch Vsin? I love Vsin. I said, Yeah. I said, Who do you like on Vsin? He's like, Ah, you know, the morning guys, they're pretty good. And then the guys after them, they're all right. And, I was like, what about Mike Samich? Oh, yeah, Mike Samich. He's really good. He's real sharp. I was like, yeah, I agree. He's really sharp. So without prompting him, I then told him who like that I knew you. But without prompting, you got some praise from uh, from a, a dad in Calabasas who loves your work on VSIN. I love you. You texted the group. You said that you met him and that uh, that he knew me. And you didn't say whether or not he liked me or not. So I just assumed he hated me. <laughs> I, yeah, no, he, he did like you. It was uh, I, you should know that if I say nothing, it means he liked you. That if he said he didn't like you. I would have told everybody immediately. This guy was laying into Simon said he doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground. <laughs> so give me his number. We'll take his bets. <laughs> there you go. Uh, which, but we were the football game was uh, we're on in the background of the party, and based on his betting, uh, you might do you might do well against him. He wasn't doing good. I don't think he caught your show for this past weekend because he wasn't doing it. We had a very good weekend actually. It was. It's oh. been a been a fun little two weekend stretch of the uh, the football season here. Uh, over at racingnews.com, one thing that I I did want to bring up in case you weren't aware, so we have the premium picks that Aaron puts together, and there's the rockets, uh, and there's the bombs that Mike does. The premium picks we actually have it free every single day, seven days a week. You get one track for free, so just go to racing. I'll show you here. Go to racingnews.com. You click on free picks. Free premium picks drops down. And so for today, Monday, December 4th, boom, you've got 10 races at Zia Park and you get Aaron's top four, what he wants for exact to trifecta. So if you've ever thought about trying the, the premium, you weren't sure what they were, what they looked like, how they would perform. We got it right here. We got it for you to try. So you can just check that out right there over at racingnews.com. And of course, the best bets as well. And as I mentioned, I meant to bring it back to this, Mike Samich. What's your schedule for VSIN? Let the people know. Be back in Vegas this weekend. So uh, to Thursday, what well, Thursday is three days away. So I got some time. Uh, Thursday morning, be on Lombardi Line. Friday afternoon, I'll be on Sharp Money from two to three uh, with all the football picks running through the board on that one. And then uh, live from four to seven Pacific Saturday and Sunday, talking everything NFL. No college Perfect. football. Now. We're out. Of, we're out of the college football season until these ridiculous bowls get going with all the opt outs. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad we don't have to worry about that. It's like horses all qualifying for the Kentucky Derby and then opting out. It's like, well, I'm glad we spent six months covering your ass for you to do that. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous, man. Uh, Philip, hit me up if you're going to be out there. I'll be at uh, at Circa. Anyone who's in Vegas, I'll be at Circa uh, Saturday, Sunday, if you want to hang out, grab a drink or something. Um, Samich, can you? I can at Circa. <laughs> just shoot me, shoot me a DM at uh, shoot me a DM on Twitter. I can help you out, Curtis, if you need some help. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't even remember what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Well, the opt-outs are ridiculous, man. I am happy. Like, I bet Missouri plus six and a half. I didn't expect the quarterback to enter the transfer portal for Ohio State. I didn't think Harrison or the other wide receiver and Jigba were going to play. Um, but they're both out. So that's a positive. That game's now down to two and a half. I did bet uh, Alabama plus two and a half, Washington plus five, Washington money line right when those came out uh, because I think both the dogs are the better team in both those games. So happy to catch points. Happy to see the SMU Mustangs beat Tulane last weekend. I, you're not on bet, the do to bet daily, but I've been, I was playing SMU for several weeks. Shadi would put together fun little videos of my uh, rants about the Mustangs. So that's all that right. was. Anyways, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, make sure you catch do to bet daily every Thursday, Friday, and Sunday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, and then uh, an hour earlier on Saturday. So that might change because college football is done, and that was the only reason they did that. So I don't know. Ask Aaron. I don't run that. That's not my circus, not my monkeys. This is my circus. Thank you. With Mike, thank you for joining us for this one. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at Curtis Kellerward. He is at SumoBomb18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords, at Racing underscore Dudes. Any final words, Mr. Samich? Um, didn't bet the game tonight. Think it got out of hand. Uh, I do like, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm really interested. 
and this is just like a theory thing, so I don't actually know if this is going to work, but the in-season tournament, this is the first year of it, and a major trend, like first off, if you've watched the NBA and these in-season tournament games, everyone is taking it very seriously. Like there were, there, the Celtics coach was fouling someone intentionally to try and run up the score up 30 points in the fourth quarter because point differential mattered in that game to see who got into the next round. Um, so they're taking it very, very seriously. If you historically look at game sevens, they're generally 10 points under the total from a game one or game two in the playoffs. And game one and game two are generally lined lower than the regular season games. If the idea of a one game playoff means you play this like a game seven, which I think is possibly in play here, these games all should be about 15 to 20 points lower than what they're currently being lined on the total. So we've got two games tonight. Uh, I like the under in the second game. The first game is Indiana and Boston. Indiana plays absolutely no defense and runs at a crazy pace. The total is 244. I'm a little scared of that game. I think the second game, uh, which is Pelicans and somebody, is going to be a better uh, a barometer to see what it's going to be. They already played earlier this year, the Pelicans, and, and I can't remember. Yeah, do not bet a pace is under. I agree with Curtis. Let me pull it up. <laughs> right. Uh the Pelicans are taking on the Kings. They already played earlier this year. The total in that game was 234. The total tonight is 237. So you're actually getting a three-point higher total than a regular season game for what is essentially a game seven. So if it holds tonight and both these games goes under, I'm probably playing the unders blind for a while in this in-season tournament. That's crazy. Well, that's the kind that's of information you get on VSIN with Mike Samich. It's 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 a theory, right? This is a hypothesis. We'll see if it's accurate, but right now it's a hypothesis. So I'm not going crazy. It tonight, sounds smart. Like, it does, doesn't it? Like logically, it completely tracks. It's the question yeah. of whether or not they actually play it like a game seven. If they're actually tight in these spots, I think in the semis you're going to see it even more since it's a neutral court that's going to be played in Las Vegas versus the home courts. But if you have a more defensive intensity, if you have your actual playoff rotation, if you shorten your benches, all of that tends to lead toward an under. Um, so we'll see if we get that tonight. There's two more games I've tomorrow. Got one. If they go under tonight, we got two more shots tomorrow night to play the unders. I got Trevor Lawrence. My one Monday Night Football bet you reminded me. Trevor Lawrence over one and a half passing touchdowns is plus money right now. Plus 100. You can get that. Uh, the Bengals NFL worst 389 passing yards allowed per game. So as long as they don't just get it really close and keep running it in, uh, Trevor Lawrence should have a good game. So that's my bet. Over one and a half touchdowns plus 100. ETM banged up as well. He's got a rib injury. Uh, Dearness oh, Johnson, good. backup running back, four to one to score a touchdown. Highly likely if they get in a blowout that you're not going to see a lot of uh, of Etienne, and there will be running the football. I have the Bengals as the 28th best team in the NFL after losing Burrow. That defense is atrocious. Um, so I like. I, I think there's a good chance Dearness Johnson gets in the end zone. You get a four to one price. Uh, hate the Bengals, hated Marvin Lewis for years. But don't hate you, love you. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday for another Magic Mike show preview. Until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb. Because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.